0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast of Sweeping the Nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Uh, Thank you, one and all, for downloading this episode. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, liking, favoriting. This show, a little show of ours, do so appreciate it. We've got a lot to bring forth. We are in to the 2022 NFL season, regular season right now. So, uh, we downshift from all the draft talk and knowledge and everything else. Now we're going to react to the previous week. So, uh, by the way, welcome to if you're just downloading, I should always remind myself that there are new people that every single solitary week that we pick up and are, are listening in maybe for the first time. My name is Jeff Mance. You hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I've been there for 12 years. I host Elite Sports, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time every weekday. Also, Sunday mornings, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame with Bob Harris from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern right up until lineup lock and kickoff. for for the season on Sunday mornings. You find me over at fantasyguru.com. I'm part owner, chief content officer as well over at the site. Talk daily fantasy sports, betting on sports, seasonal sports, drafts, projections, optimizers, betting systems, style strategies, chats, discords, everything else. That's what we got over at fantasyguru.com. If you are already a member over there and are, you're looking to add maybe DFS and, or betting some of the in season stuff, we've got a tremendous deal for you. Good over there. And uh, actually what you'll do is you, you want the monthly VIP package. It gives you everything. Betting DFS sees it gets you all the sports. So you may just be a football person, but maybe you're into NASCAR or soccer or hockey when it starts, basketball when it starts or whatever, and you get access to everything. And um, I know, well, say I don't need that stuff. Well, you might as well get it for the price. 50% off right now on the monthly package. Uh, Email us support at fantasyguru.com if you want to add it. It's only for people adding DFS and betting at the same time. So um, that's a little thing you get. It's like 50 bucks a month and you could do the monthly on it. It's absolutely an outstanding, outstanding package that we are offering. So make sure you get over there and get it and then you could be in all their discords and the cash game core fours and the live streams and all the hangouts that we do and watching the games together all that is available to you as well you can follow me jeff man's on twitter at jeff underscore man's man's the jeff man's everywhere else facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok want to shout out our sponsor Superdraft. Really, it's not even a sponsor, just really fan, a big fan of the... uh I'm a big fan of what they do. They have a Superman's Bowl over at Superdraft.io. And not only do they have hundreds of single-entry 50-50 cash games for us to play, I swept the board on Superdraft.io this past week, but the Superman's Bowl... Uh, entry uh, shout out to those placing in, on the leaderboard. I think there was like 1,300 people participated. L. Scott two zero three four finished first. Cotto Angel seventeen second. Philly P finished third. Pearly fourth. J. Dog X finished fifth in this contest, and uh, they are the leaders going into week two. But it's not over, folks. It's not over. Until after week 17, where we'll have a championship structure where you can win two tickets to Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, airfare, hotel, everything accommodated for, and a meet and greet with yours truly. That's myself and other elite mafia members as well. But you got to play in the contest every week. It's free, it's nothing you have to do. You also win money. There's on top of that, there's thousands of dollars in prize money awarded there's hundreds of dollars per week in fact uh, the top three finishers this week all won cash and every week you're up in the leaderboard you win cash as well so and it's free for everybody so get over there it's uh you find it directly play.superdraft.io slash man's man's that's the direct link save it to your favorites bookmark it so I don't have to say this every damn week, but play.superdraft.io slash mans. And it gets you right into there. You can see the leaderboard every single week. Uh, I believe I was uh, like 150th or something. I didn't do too bad. I didn't do too bad in um, this little competition. So I, I was pretty happy. Yeah, no. Okay. I was 268, 268. So hundred or 267 of you beat me uh, 157.13 was my score. However, If you placed anywhere within the top, let me look at the top, uh, well, 500 in this contest, you would have won money over on Superdraft this week in single entry cash games, which they have a ton of. So just a little uh, FYI for everybody out there. Thank you for that and playing in that contest and keep it going because I can't wait to see you guys out here. Uh, It's beautiful in Phoenix in February. You're going to love it. Meet and greet. I'm going to get Schuster and the boys out here and uh, we'll party. We'll have some fun. That's for sure. All right. We're in season now. The way this is going to work, I'm going to react and do some recaps for the previous week in fantasy football, betting, DFS, football in general, or maybe anything else that's going on in the world. And then we're going to look ahead. So today I'm going to review some of week one we'll talk about and then we'll get into week two a little bit different we're going to have a bounce back and a regression player of the week at least for the first couple weeks because I think one of the biggest problems that happen is early in the season is that you think oh well this player did very well that means that's it he's he's great or this person this player sucked and it's over for him he has no chance well that's none of that's true all right it's just terrible terrible analysis it's Terrible reactions. It gets people into the most trouble that you can get into in seasonal fantasy. Trade-away players, you cut players that you believed in. It gets you in trouble in DFS. You change your strategy, you change your lineups, you change the players, you change your process, and in betting where you're chasing last week's performances, thinking that you're getting some kind of edge where you're absolutely not. So um, we'll do that today. We'll do our Survivor Pick, our Bet of the Week, our Upset Special of the Week as well. So we'll have that on tap for you today as well. So a lot to get to, and I want to – where do we start? Out? Some takeaways from week one. So what do we really learn? Um, I've also got some stats I haven't been able to get to on the XM show, and I know a bunch of you are listening that also listen to that program, and I love each and every one of you. So um, I'll get to that here as well on this episode. Takeaways, where do we start? Number one, uh, the Giants upsetting the Titans. This is the upset from last week that I called. I said it everywhere. I got absolutely blasted by people. There's a whole Facebook thread of just blasting how stupid I was, that I was high, I was doing it for shock value, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, it comes true because that's what we do. We win. And, you know, it wasn't easy. Could easily have lost it there at the end. But I think you realize, like, this Giants team is better. Now, I'll say this. I was not nearly as impressed with the Giants this week, last week as I thought I was going to be. Saquon Barkley doing a majority of that work. Now, Saquon looks good, but you can't forget. He had two breakaway runs, both of which he could have taken to the house and didn't. Old Saquon takes those to the house, and the new Saquon doesn't. So, even though Next Gen says, "Yeah, he had a high, the highest speed he's recorded since 2018," anytime any of you running free in the open field, you're going to have the highest time you've ever had as well. It's much different. The bottom line is, he could have put it, taken it to the house. And he didn't. He got caught from behind both times. So that's a problem. I was more impressed with his two-yard touchdown run at the end of the game where he fought, broke two tackles, got over the uh, the end zone and got into the end zone and uh, won the game for the Giants, ultimately. I think Saquon looks great, looked very good. I would temper expectations. I think this is a great game for the Giants. Tennessee is not. By the way, this is something else. Tennessee is not a bad run defense. You have Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. Do some fucking research, idiots. I heard a lot of people, oh, it's a good match. it's a great matchup. No, it's not. No, absolutely not. That was one of the reasons, uh, you know, I had Saquon in my top 12 in the rankings over at fantasyguru.com, but I was, I think I had ninth. Wasn't nearly as high on him as well. it turned out to be, of course, because that it was a tougher. So it's that much more impressive when you consider... The matchup, but I'm happy about that. Uh, Trey Lance was awful. The 49ers atrocious. 49ers get again, they escape blame all the time. It was a thunderstorm. Well, all right, but it wasn't for Chicago. Like I, so, I'm from Chicago. I know how that market works. I know how people would react in Chicago. It wouldn't matter if Justin Fields. You, they wouldn't make that excuse. Nobody would. Justin Fields loses that game. Oh, look at this piece of shit. He, you know, first round pick, and they trade all these picks for the Giants. And, you know, they they got they got screwed over. Because that's what Chicago does. And they blame at least they blame themselves. And Fields actually did look good in this game. His numbers are terrible. 121 yards passing, eight for 17. Bah. But Fields looked the part where Lance did not. And that comes with experience and things like that. But they played in the same conditions. So don't give me that bullshit. Trey Lance is raw, still rough around the edges. He'll get better, but it's going to take some time. And By the way, going back to the 49ers, that just bothers me. It really does. The Bears get blasted for drafting Mitch Trubisky in the 2017 draft and and not drafting Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. But the team that traded with them we were the 49ers, and they didn't draft either of those players either. They drafted Solomon Thomas. And if you ask 100 player personnel executives from around the National Football League, who's a better player, Mitch Trubisky or Solomon Thomas, 100 of them will say Mitch Trubisky. Okay, so the 49ers cocked it up just as much as anybody, and then they did it again two years later where they actually trade a ton for Jimmy Garoppolo, hit on Jimmy Garoppolo, go to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he gets hurt. They decide, oh, we don't want to pay him that much, and we're going to draft a quarterback, and it's going to be Mac Jones until the day of the draft, then it turns into Trey Lance. They don't know what they're doing. And that I don't know what else to say. They don't know what they're doing. And I've got problems with that 49er offensive line as well. So that's why Elijah Mitchell going down. Notice I haven't been that big on Jeffrey Wilson. I think there's too much competition here. Wilson will get the first crack at it. Week two, it's Jeffrey Wilson's backfield against the Seattle Seahawks. It's an advantageous matchup. But I think going forward, Tyran Davis-Price, I, I think that um, between Davis-Price and... The uh, Hobbs, their um, undrafted, I think, or why do I keep saying Hobbs? Jo- uh, Jordan Mason, my bad. Jordan Mason, their undrafted free agent, um, that made the team had a real good spring. I think he's a threat in this backfield. You've got Debo Samuel, who got the rushing touchdown last week and led the team in rushing last week. And you've got a rushing quarterback in Trey Lance. I mean, I, I'm not going to pay for that running back or that backfield. I'm just not about it anymore. So, and plus like in Tomlinson, Alex Mack, their left guard, their center are gone. The interior is subpar in the offensive line. The whole thing does not lead me to the 49ers running backs. Um, Other takeaways from week number one, the dolphins spanking the new England Patriots for one the Patriots. I talked about this game from the dolphins standpoint. And by the way, go back and listen i think it was episode 117 i think so like 11 episodes ago digging the dolphins i go through why i'm digging the dolphins and and still am after week 1 fantastic effort and i think the dolphins are here to stay so but the patriots they have no rhyme or reason on what's happening in that backfield they have no Concept of what they're doing. Did you know they use two personnel package in the entire game? Two. They're not, and this is Matt Patricia, who claims to be a rocket scientist, an actual rocket scientist, and he's just not smart. He's not a good football guy, and uh so didn't mix it up there. Didn't mix up pace or tempo whatsoever. And it was just a real horrible outing for Mac Jones, the entire Patriots, using their running backs erratically. Ty Montgomery being involved is embarrassing. And at least he's on IR now, so he's out for a a bunch of time. Ramondre Stevenson will step up yet again. He will be fine, but... I don't have very high hopes of this Patriot team. Dolphins have two. They have Andrew Thomas and Taron Armstead. They're left and right or right and left tackle, respectively, are both missing time in practice. So watch that situation. It's a big, big game against the Baltimore Ravens. If The Dolphins go in and slay the dragon with the Baltimore Ravens. This team is a significant. They are a serious threat to the Buffalo Bills and to the AFC. If they can get this win in Baltimore this week. So take notice of that. On the cuckold side of things, the Indianapolis Colts, how do you tie against the Texans? How are you down 20-3 to three against the Texans? What is wrong with you? Well, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, missing field goals there. That's one of the reasons he's been released, and they got Matt Amendola kicking for them, this at least for this week, and we'll see where it goes. But that was... One of the most pathetic efforts. You thought you got Matt Ryan. Ryan throws for 352 yards in the ball game. But this team just showed no fight. No. And John Taylor ran for 160, by the way. I mean, their their players, their stars did star things. But they, they couldn't finish drives. They couldn't close out the game. They couldn't get stoppages. Um, started the game well on defense. Ended the game well on defense. The middle was terrible. And that's just can't tie against the Texans and think you're going to run away with this division, even though I still think they will, just because the rest of the division, as you can see by week one's results, kind of sucks. And then there's the Kansas city chiefs, another team that this one I'm absolutely thrilled with because I felt they were the most underrated team from a fantasy perspective across the National Football League and cross-fantasy football going into the draft. Mahomes was going off the board in the fifth round, which is ridiculous. Nobody wanted their running backs. They, they fell to the eighth, ninth round, 10th, 11th round for Pacheco, the one you actually do want. Their receivers started out going in the seventh and 11th round, respectively, Juju and Nicole Hardman. Juju eventually moved up to round five, almost fringe round four at the end of – the draft season, but McCole Hardman fell back to the 13th round, which is fucking nuts. You guys that let's go through the scorecard of all these range of outcome people that want to talk about Sky Moore, for instance. Sky Moore and I saw people bragging that they won a Sky More bet in week one. He played 13 snaps. Justin Watson played more snaps than Sky Moore. Skymore Moore is clearly fifth on the depth chart, possibly sixth out of the receivers. The only thing he caught it and ran over, he ran 30 yards, one catch for 30 yards. I mean, a miracle to get that. It was such a bad bet. You can't brag about that. Say, hey, got lucky. But I mean, Juju's number one. And I think that, I think Marcus Valdez-Scantley was more involved when the Chiefs got closer than I thought. I don't think that's how it's going to go. But as I told people on the XM show, I'll tell you here, there's a video you can go watch. It's called America's Game, 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. It's on NFL Network all the time. And it's basically they recap the Super Bowl season. Go watch the 2019 season. Every highlight they pull out from 2019 Super Bowl championship year was a McCole Hardman. Every one. There was one Tyree kill. There's a bunch of Damian Williams, though. Mahomes was in it, so it was like he was talking. So, you know, of course he did great. But McCole Hardman, rookie season, caught 26 passes, but six of them were touchdowns. And I mean, some of them were absolute bangers, had 21 yards per reception. Uh, this guy's legit. And he is, he is going to be a force. We saw him catch a touchdown. We won that bet. Another reason you need the betting package over at fantasyguru.com. But these Chiefs were way undervalued. And if you loaded up on them in your drafts, I think you're positioned very, very well going into this season. So uh, there you go. Um, here, I want to do this. So I want to give a recap. So I have an idea here to do uh, uh, what I wanted to do is because I there's so when I'm recapping because I watch every single game and every single snap and every single minute. Um what I wanted to make sure was that everybody had I wanted to get to the the appropriate players. And so I'm going to go through the average, the final average rap position and talk about as many players as I possibly could get to and my initial reaction on them in the season. All right, so we'll do an ADP-style recap here. Um, Number one player off the board, majority of drafts, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, did everything you want. Touchdown 160 yards, beat up on an inferior opponent. Jonathan Taylor is good. Um, Wasn't on the field over 80%. I think he was 75%. Naheem Hines was a part of it. Totally normal, totally expected. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is going to have a huge week, two, But he did not have a big week one. He was not good in week one. He caught three of his four passes in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. And if he doesn't get that touchdown, that one-yard touchdown run uh, against the Cleveland Browns, his afternoon is miserable. It completely and utterly saved him, but 3.3 yards per cat touch on the ground, 33 total yards, um, 24 receiving yards on four receptions. I mean, these are paltry numbers. Your number one overall player on some people's boards got you 50 yards. Uh, okay. I mean, that's not what you want. I think it'll be better. Definitely going to be better. For as long as he's healthy, he's already missing practice, had a shin injury before week one. He is miss practice as I'm recording this today on a Wednesday. He'll be fine, but it's you. I just think there's too much risk here. Third overall pick on the board, Cooper Cup. Everybody realized Cooper Cup is going to do Cooper Cup things, and he is the number one for Stafford in that Rams. He should have been the number one overall pick. He really proud he should have. What he brings to the wide receiver position is important. Justin Jefferson, fourth overall stud, carved up the Packers. He had not had good track record against the Packers in three out of four meetings, and he absolutely smashed. And he's on his way to an excellent season. Austin Eckler. What happened to Austin Eckler? Now, by the time you're listening to this Thursday night against Kansas City, my opinion was I could not believe how little they used Austin Eckler Last week against the Raiders. However, they had this is what smart coaches do, and Brandon Staley's will give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause Eckler, 49.3% of snaps. They use Josh Kelly, Sonny Michelle. I mean, that's this is kind of shit that we saw last year, is why I was balking a bit at Austin Eckler. But with a Thursday game and an important Thursday game against Kansas City, I mean I think they laid off the gas a little bit, especially when they got up early. So I'm not freaking out about that, but it's something to pay attention to on, you know, you need a guy. He's got to be in the 55 percentile of snaps. You just have to, because the efficiency he saw last year simply is not going to happen. Again, Jamar chase took a long time. He had two touchdowns, one reversed after his toe showed his out of bounds after review. The other one, uh, he had at the goal line somehow was just short. So he could have had three touchdowns in this game. And then the kicker blew the extra point. He had the game winner, which should have been, but he didn't. Stefan Diggs did much better. We saw a lot more zone coverage by the Rams than, than uh, man coverage that led to Stefan Diggs having a pretty damn good afternoon, but Gabriel Davis did as well. So, you know, I, I, that he, as she goes for Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook. Now, that's where you start getting into it, right? A player that, where did he go, ninth? You guys drafted him eighth overall. You guys are taking him way too fucking early, way too early. And what do we see out of Dalvin Cook? Well, the thing about Dalvin Cook is when he's on the field, the appearance is good. Okay, he, he looks good. He got volume, 20 carries, closing it out. But, you know, it wasn't – nothing special. 108 yards total, three catches. Okay. You know, I think that's fine. But also worry a little bit about how he's going to be used there. Always worry about injuries later in the season. But, you know, I don't think he's – you're getting eighth overall return. You'll likely get 16th overall return, but I digress. Devontae Adams, another one started slow, but then we saw the chemistry. I mean – Hit a 48.9% target share. I mean, wow. That's that's where your Hunter Renfro and your Darren Waller just go right into the earth because it's clear. Derek Carr is going to throw the ball to Devonte Adams, period. Derek Henry, 10th overall. He went down on a shoulder tackle. It's the first time in history I've seen him do that. I thought he looked very slow, very upright and very human. He tried to do the, he tried to chuck, push off. He had one, it was around the right side. He tried to push with his left, uh, stiff arm with his left arm, uh, a, corner, a far smaller corner, and he didn't do it. The corner got him actually out of bounds. He didn't take him down, but it was two instances in that game where I said, oh boy, he's not the same. It's just not the same, King Henry. He'll be fine. There's a ton of volume, but why didn't they run him on third and two to keep the or uh yeah third and two was it third or fourth down when they did the end around? I don't know what Drabel was thinking. Terrible call. Najee Harris eleven. Well, let's hope the foot is better. As I'm recording this, all indications are Najee Harris will try to play. I am saying he will not play this week. Get Jalen Warren, but. It all the news just keeps getting better and better and better for Harris against the Patriots. So, dodged a major bullet with that one. Jalen Warren is the handcuff, but Harris didn't look good either. That's a, one of those players that again we're going to rely on volume and that touchdown reception from Najee Harris this past week. I think that just goes to show you what um, what he's going to do. I think we're getting progression as far as the touchdowns are concerned. So, you know, it's not a great yardage week, not even a great, you know, big catch week for Najee Harris, but got in the end zone. Um, and, you know, that's ultimately what matters. And I'll obviously staying in healthy there as well. So he was 11th overall 12th overall Saquon Barkley. We talked about him just smashed the earth. Looks like a great pick at this stage of the game, although I would like to have seen him close at least one of those breakaway runs, was not able to do that. 13th, CD Lamb. I think this is the one I'm kind of glad I didn't get a lot of CD, e- even though, again, a lot of these early-round players are going to be fine, but no Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush. There's no one else to throw to in Dell's Simi Fihoko, Noah Brown. Like, my God, man. There just aren't, players. So Lamb's going to get a bunch of volume, but the quality of those targets are way down, especially next eight weeks when Dak Prescott is out. So I don't think you're going to pay off that 13th overall return. DeAndre Swift, no, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, both top 10 fantasy running backs this in week one. They were also top 10 fantasy running backs week one of last year, too. So chill out a little bit. DeAndre Swift missed practice on wednesday of this week but he's gonna be fine you know three for 31 in the reset receiving department i thought he ran the ball on the ground a lot better than i had expected um and i don't think it's gonna be that bad against washington i think this is gonna be another good great, great matchup for him as well joe mixon i mean joe mixon looked fantastic uh, should have had that fucking touchdown. Again, around the right side, right at the pylon. And that one is a, a little bit of a, a a bummer for an otherwise really good afternoon for Joe Mixon. But you know, RB8, ton of volume, 27, only 82 yards on the ground. Not great. Seven catches for 63 yards, though. Well, I thought he can't. You know, when you when here's what you're looking for. If your fantasy running back can get you 20 points. Without scoring a touchdown, oh my God. For one, if you can get 15 points, let's forget 20. That was a bad, I shouldn't have said 20. 15 points. If you, if your fantasy running back could get 15 points without scoring a touchdown, they're doing their job. How many did that this past week? Well, Leonard Fournette did it. Uh Miles Sanders, no Miles Sanders got in the end zone. I forgot. I'm so used to him. Michael Carter um did it. Um, Antonio Gibson did it. Joe Mixon did it. And that is it. Those that's your list of 15 plus fantasy points without a touchdown. If you're your running back and do that, you're in uh, real, real good shape. Oh, I oh Nick Chubb did it. Duh, dummy. Uh, 141 yards because Nick Chubb's a stud. But I digress, even though Hunt steals his touchdowns. Alvin Kamara did played significantly less snaps. This is why I didn't advocate him in the first round and mid-second round on my board. I knew the snaps were going to start tailing a little bit. It, it went dramatic because of the rib injury. He's All indications are he's going to be fine, though they did add Latavius Murray to the practice squad. All right, so take note of moves like that. That They're going to stash a lot of players on the practice squad this year because they expanded the rosters and the financial incentive to be on the practice squad. So um, extensions of the roster. But the receptions and targets, and that's something you're going to have to get used to. I thought you guys all got used to that last year. They're not going to throw the ball six times a game to Alvin Kamara. I heard somebody tell me, they said, well, Alvin Alvin Kamara only had four receptions. Right. How many fucking receptions do you think are normal by a running back? He he didn't have four. He had four targets, I believe. Three receptions. Well, you know, four targets per week, everybody. Uh, You don't like to hear about 68 targets. Go read the PPR myth. Article over on PPR running back myth on fantasyguru.com. How many got 68 or more targets last year? Handful? Five, six. It's not something that really happens. All right. So again, careful with that. Uh tried to blaze through some of these others. Josh Allen was 17th. Obviously, he was fantastic. And looked apart. And I think elite quarterback kind of noticed it, didn't you? Did you guys see it? Did you notice that that? Our I've always been, or not always, but long 10 years. I've been a wait on quarterback, wait as long as you can guy this year. First time in at least a decade that I said, these premium quarterbacks, they give you a little bit of an edge where, you know, there's nothing wrong with what we call the pool. You know, Oh, you get by with Kirk cousins every week. And, um, you know, Russell Wilson, and there's nothing wrong with him, nothing. Russell Wilson got 18 points, Cousins got 19 points or whatever it was. But then there's Mahomes, who got 35, and Josh Allen got 31, and Jalen Hurts got 25, and Justin Herbert got 23. It's just there's another level to this, so I, I think you will pay that off. Kelsey at 18, uh, I think it's going to be one of the steals of the draft. You know we kind of see it with Kyle Pitts, and I won't get that down that far. But Kyle Pitts, um, massively disappointed. I had him in my DFS NFL core four. Granted, he's 80% owned, so it didn't hurt us, and we still cashed across the board, by the way, 100% of cashing. DFS fantasy guru.com. Get over there, but I should have used Kelsey. That was a mistake because if we use Kelsey. We win going away. I think I finished in the twenties, a twenty eighth average of twenty eight out of a hundred. Uh, my cash game lineup this week, but that could have been number could have been in the top five, of course. And we would have cashed in GPPs across the board with Kelsey as well. So mistakes. That was a mistake. Javante Williams nineteenth, and I-, I hope you see it. Oh, you only got fifty percent of snaps, right? Or fifty five percent which is what he, or 50, I'm sorry, 59.6%. So he got, let's call it 60. I'll give him one more snap, right? They play one more down. Hmm. Maybe if they would have got that fucking playoff and not kicked a field goal like a bunch of idiots, Javante gets one snap, he gets 60. Fumbling the ball unacceptable on the goal line, and he fucked himself. I. So when we were diagramming the Javante Williams versus Melvin Gordon breakdown, what did we say the entire preseason 60 40 in favor of Javante no that's not what happened last year last year was 50 50 across the board 60 40 may not seem like a lot but you're not understanding it's a 20 percent swing yes it's only 10 for one player but the other player downgrades by 10 that's a 20 percent volume that's a big difference it's a big difference and Javante is just a better player. And we saw those outside zone runs at the start of the game that really set him into orbit. And then Gordon fumbling at the goal line was amazing. We almost got, and then we got Javante in there. He could have sealed the deal with that, and but he fumbled. So he screwed himself and screwed us. Like now Melvin Gordon will be back to be in the goal line back as of next week. However, it's the passing down work. When everybody was bitching that Melvin Gordon was going to steal the goal line, I said, all right, but we'll take the passing down work. No problem. No problem. And by the way, something I have not talked about on the XM show, or I haven't, I haven't brought this up even over on the site yet, but I have. I am now, the buzzards are circling a little bit. Russell Olson is about to be 34 years old. Are we sure that his arm isn't failing? Are we sure that he's not going to be the check down king of Chicago? Just said it, it sounded better than than Denver. I'm not that sure. I, I am not that sure that Russell Wilson is going to be, he likes to throw to the sticks. There'll still be the, the long ball up to Courtland Sutton, those jump balls. We saw it on Monday Night Football. But we saw more checkdowns than I was really comfortable with, <laughs> yeah, and that was listen. There's Javante Williams gets four targets a game, catches three of those on average. We we ride, folks. We ride. We're getting that second round value. We're great. It's a tremendous trade off I'll take that any day. If he gets five or six, we're, I mean, he's going to be a number one running back. He gets anywhere north of that, and he's going to be the number one running back, or he he will be on that Austin Eckler scale. All right. So I don't know. It's something to look at. The percentage of passes to the running back last year went up in Seattle. They rarely ever threw to the running backs. So there's a high volume in Nate Hackett's history and his offenses in Green Bay and other places. So we could see could be a gold mine for Javante Williams. 20th, Tyreek Hill. This is one of my favorite second round values. I told you in week one they were gonna utilize him and try to show him off, if you will, and that's exactly what they did. Tyreek was fantastic, he is still fast as lightning and showed everybody why he's a top flight wide receiver. Um eight for 94 didn't get in the end zone um last week. But you know, again, a wide receiver that can get you eighteen plus points. And actually at 20, didn't he? fumbled. Um, you can do that, but um no, eighteen without the fumble. That's right. Without a touchdown is just amazing. And I I think that He's outscored Jalen Waddell, and Jalen Waddell got the 42 yard touchdown on fourth down. Remember, if that fourth down play doesn't happen, Jalen Waddell has 38 yards, three for 38. That's all he is. So, something to consider. Uh, how many of these should I do? Should I keep going? Fuck it. I'll go to 24. Michael Pittman. We absolutely Matt Ryan's favorite receiver. Absolutely. Um, one of the great notes that we did over the weekend uh, on fantasyguru.com, my cash game breakdown is identified what target percentage was to rookie cornerbacks all right so there, here's a an underreported stat and element to professional football is that during the week when you're when teams are in their meeting rooms and they're at practice, they're sizing up their opponents. When a quarterback sees a, a starting rookie corner on the outside, you'll get rookies playing the inside a lot, but inside coverage can get help. They Linebackers, safeties, it's a lot easier. Middle of the field, there's more traffic, so the quarterbacks need to be sharper. It's the outside or island corner that they will pick on. Right? Those island corners are really what, Gets picked on. And I I don't have the number in front of me, but it was like 48% or 46% that Matt Ryan in his career picked on target rate to the outside corner. So we knew Pittman was going to get a super heavy dose, super heavy volume uh, of targets this past week. And that's exactly what he did. Fourth, but most 13 targets, nine receptions, 121 a touchdown as well. So he's, he's on his way. He's Pittman's on his way to being a true number one wide receiver. I think there was, we haven't really seen it thousand yard season a year ago, but improved quarterback play. It's terribly shitty division. And you get another cream matchup against the Jaguars this week. And I think, you know, Pittman just hits the ground running and he's going to have no problem being a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, Aaron Jones. That's the one. So, I loved Aaron Jones scoring of the year. Still love Aaron Jones, of course. Not that concerned. But I think I know I picked up a lot of AJ Dillon. A lot of AJ Dillon. And Dylan didn't do much, but the you know the the short yards, the touchdown definitely was a big deal. He had one. I think oh Dylan out-targeted Aaron Jones. I thought they had the same output. Dylan gets sixth, but Dylan caught five passes for 46 yards, three for 27 for Jones. That's something that will definitely inverse. But, you know, I, I think that I'm confident in Aaron Jones. Tremendous matchup against the Chicago Bears this week. I don't think we have to really worry uh, about Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon, they're going to be trading off a lot. It is a split backfield. It is, you know, 60-40 split with Jones and Dylan though they did use both in the backfield on about 12% of snaps which I think is very I mean that's dangerous how do you combat that we also um saw them down and the, the Packers were trying to stop the bleeding for a long period of time it didn't feel like they were trying to come back I guess is what I'm saying and that just felt like after Christian Watson dropped that pass Aaron Rodgers was like fucking this shit's over So there you go. Um, I'm confident in Jones, though. I will say him and Dylan are a lot closer than their ADPs were concerned. Debo Samuel, the best running back on the 49ers. He was 23rd. Tremendous second-round value. And A.J. Brown, I was impressed. I liked how Jalen Hurts put it on him right out of the gate. I think there's some tough battles against premium corners that they will have to prove it a little more to me for. But A.J. Brown adds a whole nother dimension to the Eagles offense and this Philadelphia Eagles team is pretty damn loaded top to bottom offensively and defensively. So there you go. Oh, speaking of which I want to match up, talk about the website fantasyguru.com a lot. My favorite thing maybe we've ever done is currently up and running. It is called the man's cave. I've talked about in the XM show uh, sort of bragging about it, I guess. It's just my favorite place to be. And I'll tell you guys why I can speak clearly on this show. I I think what we're doing in the man's cave, it's a discord channel. It's nothing that crazy. Although we do have padded walls, furry, you know, pet the furry wall. When you smoke the Jeffrey, you know that if you've ever seen get Him to the Greek, that's what I'm talking about. But it, it is a place of Zen. What I mean by Zen Is no, we're not just chanting and in peace outing. We are not going to bring anger and rage toward each other into that room. We are not going to bring our bullshit, you know, ideas. Um, What I mean, but I guess what I mean ideologies. We're not going to. It's going to be a place where we get along. It's not going to be Twitter. It's not going to be the game, uh, Sunday games are half over. This is a place that we're going to watch football together Monday nights, Thursday nights. We're going to hang out. This is not Pepper Jeff with questions room. You know, uh, questions are great. Who to start and sit? Which player, you know, who do I like in DFS? And give me your lineup and give me your bets. No, that's not what this room is going to be. If anything, we'll give some live bets out in the room, but it's, we'll talk ball, talk football, talk players, talk situations. We're going to hang out. I think it's the future. You know, it's what I want from the fantasy sports industry. I I don't like the way the industry went with herd mentality. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm on the mountaintop. You're on the lower. I, I don't like the way that's gone. And I I will take my fair share of the blame because I've been a big part of that over the years. And it's just not something, this is what I want to do. At this point in my career, I want, what's most important to me is getting you guys better, teaching people the game, showing folks that they can win money. And some cases, life-changing money. We had a $50,000 winner on the site this week. I think it's very possible. And I think it doesn't take a lot. I think it takes breaking your your mind, breaking the hamster wheel of what you've always known about fantasy sports and DFS and betting. And just escaping that or zooming out, as we say, and not being caught up in the web and the the cycle. I think part of the web is that Sundays come or game days come and everyone fights. And they argue and they scream and they yell and they tilt. And the man's cave isn't going to be about that. That's why I would, over the years, I've been in our discord before, but there's tilting going on. People, it's the first quarter and people are saying, what a fucking terrible call. I fucking knew I shouldn't have. fucking." It's like, all right. I You know, those people aren't fun to be around. And it's not a space of learning. It's not a space of getting better. Because if you're losing and not getting better, then I don't know what you're losing for. I mean, really, why do you do that to yourself? Why do you go through it? All right? And we all lose. I had one of the best weeks of my life in fantasy football in week one, 14-1 and one in seasonal. 15 leagues. I lost one dynasty league. That's it. Won every single other one. Yet, I lost. And I was tilting some of that. But... Getting angry and not trying to fix the problem, not seeking help is is not going, it's not the path to wellness. It's not the path to winning. It's not gonna get better. So that's what the man's cave is all about. It's open to seasonal, daily, and sports betters. It's just a room. We have rooms for everything, every sport. Every, you know, seasonal, daily DFS. But the man's cave, my ask of the company was that I just want a place for everybody. I want everybody to be allowed. And that means not trying to circumvent, well, I'm not going to get a DFS subscription because uh, I'm just going to ask you in there. No, I'm not. I'm way too fucking smart for that, for one. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an asshole. We're, that's not what we're about. We want a place where we can hang out. Can you learn some? Sure. Absolutely. But it's not about answering all your questions and you circumventing the thing because I get it. I understand. But you know, they're, I need mutual respect, I guess is what I'm talking about. And when, you know, from a business standpoint, the, the idea, if you don't think I know the tricks, I don't, you know, the people that say, they uh, uh, signed up for a subscription, right? It's $30. What's the fucking big deal for, uh, for the rankings? And then two weeks later, they say, oh, I don't like this product, right? As the season starts, I want a refund. And it's like, it's clearly in our terms and conditions that there's no refund because we can track what you did. We know you went to the fucking rankings and you download it. Come on, man. Just don't pull any bullshit. And that's what the Manscaped is all about. That's what the this future of Fantasy Guru is all about, quite honestly. And uh, just a note to everybody, from our staff to management to subscribers, this is what it's going to be. This is what this company is going to be. We are going to the promised land. We are going to the top of the mountain. But we're going to do it with mutual respect between the analysts subscribers amongst the subscribers to each other. There's no infighting. Nobody's going to infight and argue and yell at each other. Right. We yell for each other or you root for something. I root for something. Somebody's going to get it right. All right. Celebrate with those people. Oh, fuck man. If only this could happen. I understand that you're pissed off. I understand it's not what you want, but to see your brothers and sisters winning is a good consolation prize. It's a better environment folks. That's what I'm going for. Um, I have no other way to say it. It's just a better, more positive environment. But that doesn't mean we're going to let our guard down and not kick the shit out of people and not beat the fuck out of the optimizers because we did in week one. And we're going to do in week two, and week three, and week four, and week five. 70% of bets in week one we've cashed. We're rolling. But that's, that's that, oh, oh, the man's cave. So get in there, say hi, come in, hang out, have fun. That's what we're all about. All right, let's get into week number two now, everybody. So what I wanted to do, thought it was a good idea, a bounce-back candidate and a regression candidate at every position for this week. We'll start at quarterback, obviously. And my bounce-back candidate is Matt Stafford. What I wanted to see out of Matt Stafford in week one is what I saw out of Matt Stafford in week one. I want to see that the elbow was healthy. It was. I want to see that he could push the ball downfield, which he did. So all of that is good. Matt Stafford throwing three, three interceptions. I've seen that. I remember I'm a Bears fan and he was with the Lions for long, long time. I've seen this shit. This is Matt Stafford does that. It's what Matt Stafford will do. All right. He will throw terrible interceptions. You know who else does? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's that same guy. Joe Burrow threw four interceptions on Sunday. How many of you actually knew that? Not many. Why? Because he threw for 338, including, well, this should have been a game-winning touchdown to Jamar Chase, but he played like dog shit. So that's the difference. Stafford, elbow fine, still got Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson, they haven't even worked on yet. So... Going against Atlanta at home. Yeah, he's coming back. He's bouncing back for sure. Get this, though. Here's my regression candidate, and stay with me on this one, because he was finished as QB eight last week. He was our core four quarterback last week, Lamar Jackson. Lamar didn't run the ball much. 17 yards, six carries. Threw three touchdowns, one of which was a long two. One was a floater to Duvernay and made a Monster catch. One was a great pass, let him Duvernay perfectly in there. The other was a bomb to Rashad Bateman. Lamar not running is going to be a problem. He absolutely, positively, without any kind of question, has to run the football. Um, so I don't know what to if he doesn't run the football we have a lot of problems with Lamar Jackson cuz he's not going to be able to throw like that against the dolphins. Dolphins have given him problems in the past, really confounded him and I think it's it's a problem. And they didn't change anything in Miami. They've got great cover. You know, you're not going to get the openness that you did a week ago. The separation, openness. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying that for. But I, I think there's might be an issue there, so um, yeah, be, be careful um, with Lamar Jackson. I think he regresses in week number two. Uh, my running back here. Here's here's the big news. You guys are going to be surprised, but I'll tell you, I think the bounce back candidate at the running back position. This week is going to be Damian Pierce. Number one, they used Rex Burkhead, a shit ton. Why? Nobody knows. Even Lovey Smith himself said, yeah, I don't know what we did. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. Way too much Rex Burkhead. We plan to use Pierce a lot more. We didn't do it. So on and so forth. So immediately there's an admission of guilt and that, hey, they're going to get better. Okay, cool. Pierce will get a lot more snaps. He is a hard runner, a tough runner. Feet always moving runner. The other thing, the offensive line of Houston isn't as bad as people think. I saw a lot of people blasting them. All right. A lot of people blasting the Texans offensive line. That's not the problem. All right. Um, However, Denver can't stop the run. Saw it in the preseason. I can't believe that they're running so so much wide nine, which is – the edge rushers line up outside the tackle box that leaves gaping holes in the middle, especially when you don't have true three technique nose tackles or defensive linemen that can occupy space. When you don't have that, you can't line up with your ends out wide. Otherwise it's right up the gut and it's just easy. And we saw it with the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night football. Seattle didn't run for a large total but Penny was 12 of 60 on the ground running backs were over five yards of carry, you know, I mean, and they were able to run out that game and pick up chunk yardage against the Broncos. And I think Houston, that's going to be the game plan. And I think they're going to go in there with a heavy dose of Damian Pierce. And I think he'll be pretty effective. I think Damian Pierce will finish as a top 24 running back this week. And then if he gets a touchdown, he's going to be a tough 16 back top 15 back so we got that the uh regression candidate at running back is obviously cordero patterson um i don't know i don't i'll never know cordero patterson i never am interested good luck against aaron Donald and the Rams. that's all i gotta tell you good luck go do all your rando shit it's not gonna work this week that's all i got nothing else to say about cordero patterson um my here's a wide receiver bounce back candidate player. I love, and I really, really might be on him in DFS this week. And I don't think he's going to qualify in cash games. Remember my cash game formula is tried and true. It's probably the best there is in the industry. Uh, I think that's pretty safe to say at this point, mostly because nobody wants to play cash games anymore. Um, But I really believe that. I don't know, but Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, there's so much about Jahan Dotson. There's so much about lack of targets. But did you know that Terry McLaurin finished one yard away from his prop bet this past week, even though it wasn't sexy and it wasn't good and he didn't catch the two touchdowns, both of them went to Dotson. I think people are missing out that Wentz played very well. Well, Wentz didn't play well. That's a terrible thing for me to say. He didn't play well. He played like shit, but he put up numbers and and threw four touchdown passes against got to be the worst secondary in National Football League or damn near close in the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Wentz brought him back, but Dotson got the touchdowns. McLaurin, two for 58. I don't like four targets, that's for sure. Don't like 11 going to Sam. but that's another thing. 19 targets out of 41 pass attempts, went to the running back Antonio Gibson or Curtis Samuel. That's some easy volume that moves over to McLaurin. Dotson, 5-3-40, and 40, I think that holds without the touchdowns. I think he's put the touchdowns in McLaurin, give him three more catches in there, give him 75, 80 yards. Now It's a whole different world. Terry McLaurin's bouncing back. Dotson's obviously the regression candidate, though I think this is going to be a high-scoring game against the Lions. And they have a tremendous – Terry McLaurin has a tremendous matchup this week going against the Detroit Lions secondary, specifically Amani Iwiniore, who has bled fantasy production for years to top flight wide receivers, mid-tier wide receivers. So my other uh, regression candidate is Robbie Anderson. Fool's gold. A lot of people ask, should we pick him up? What do we think of Robbie Anderson? Baker, like him? No. Couple of fluke throws, a long touchdown. I'm not interested in Robbie Anderson. He'll fall back to planet Earth starting this week in week number two. Um, Tight end? Easy. Most bounce back candidate here is Kyle Pitts. It's got to be. Going against the LA Rams. And Rams have had trouble against the tight end in the past. Okay? So... I think this is another situation that Kyle Pitts is too much too much of a foundational piece of the Falcons offense to actually have two catches in a game. All right? Drake London drew a lot, Zakayas drew a lot, but the corners are way too tough for the LA Rams. So I think a bounce back is naturally Kyle Pitts. And the regression, another easy one, it's OJ Howard. I've said it before, and I'm doing it on purpose, and I want to upset you, but if you picked up OJ Howard, you're a fucking moron. And you are the guy or gal in fantasy football that we all know will lose. So I'm being mean to you on purpose. Go trade him because there's others in nearly half of every league put in bids for OJ Howard. Those six are the ones that need luck in order to win. You who are listening to the one man's opinion podcast, don't need luck to win. You're smart enough. You're sharp enough. All right. So go sell high on OJ Howard before he has another 12 snaps, doesn't get a single target and goes back into oblivion in Houston. Thank you. And good night. Uh, all right, now we always finish the podcast with the survivor pick of the week, the bet and the upside and survivor. Are you still alive? Somehow, some way, we are still alive. Our circus sports survivor 50%. First time in history. Over half the field gone. Thanks to the 49ers, the Broncos, people had the Titans, which I think was terrible. But we had the Ravens. We moved on. So a bunch of good options this week. The popular teams this week, the Rams. The Broncos will be popular again, although they people will be very nervous to go back to them, even though at home against Houston, I'm not worried. I'd go right back to them. The 49ers against Seattle, I think people may be, you know, those are two games people are likely going to be worried about. Bills against Tennessee, maybe. The one I like the most, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers to me, it's just an easy one. The Bears stink. I know they beat the 49ers, but you got to remember 49ers play like shit. All right. And the Packers for, they'll be okay. They've got some games later on the season. Uh, Giants, I don't think that's an easy game. I wouldn't really want. I think they'll win but I think I don't want to play them that week. They Then they are at home against the Jets. Now I may want to use the Packers then, but that's week six. I don't want to wait till week six I, when half the field's already out, right? I, they're going to beat the Bears. We know they're going to beat the Bears. Primetime game, there's no fucking way Aaron Rodgers loses to the Chicago Bears at home on Sunday Night Football after getting whitewashed last week. There is no way. So they're my survivor. My bet of the week, I'm going to go to that. You could tell I'm circling this Denver-Houston game, can't you? I think Houston keeps it on the ground. I think Denver keeps it on the ground. That totals 46 right now, total points. They're going under, under 46, Houston and Denver. One of the other things that got missed or didn't get missed, we all know it, but it's – got swept up in the Nate Hackett, terrible decision-making all game long. Denver showed zero emphasis. They showed zero pace, zero interest in getting to the line of scrimmage. They, it was the slowest fucking game and offense. I think I've ever seen. And we're screaming about it. Like in our chat in the man's cave, we were just like, what are they doing? Why are they taking so long? It was preposterous what the Broncos were doing. So that kind of sets a trend. They're going to play slow. Okay. Play, they're going to play slow. That means less scoring, less possessions, everything else. So we're going under Houston and Denver. And if you want an upset of the week, you know, this one isn't as sexy as, uh, it, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but the New Orleans Saints at home, the Saints are always tough against Tom Brady, and they're always tough against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you look at the Buccaneers lose their left tackle last week. They already lost three-fifths of the rest of the offensive line. They lost Donovan Smith. Um, Fournette banged up, but okay. Chris Godwin's now out again. You're telling me two-and-a-half-point favorites? Is, is t- Dallas look? atrocious on Sunday night football, atrocious. Okay. We know that they looked that bad, but Tampa didn't put away that game. In fact, there was a moment at the end of the game, like five minutes left where Cowboys got the ball and they said, you know, this is technically a two score game. It felt like it was 57 and nothing, but it was like very doable for the Cowboys to get back because Tampa couldn't put them away. And Brady and the Bucs have struggled against the Saints. So I think the Saints at home can get this W. All right. So, um, yeah, that, there you go. That's the upset of the week. Um, yeah, they They beat them both twice last year. They beat them each of the last four times the regular season. Since Tom Brady has been in Tampa Bay, the Saints are 4-0 against him in the regular season. And yet you're going to tell me that, um, actually there's three years, 2019 they won. So that's before Brady, obviously. And you know, they were kind of shitty, but, uh, last time was week one of 2018 that they lost that the saints lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is just a group that's very confident. So that's an easy upset saints over the box. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this episode. We're back in the season mode. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support this off season and this draft season. Hopefully you enjoyed those episodes. We've got some good roundtables coming up. Some guests indeed are going to come up as well on the, the show during the season. So it should be a lot of fun. Everybody remember to get over to fancy 50% off the monthly VIP package. Get it now. Support at fantasyguru.com. Tell them you want betting and DFS added to your subscription, or if you want all, if you, a VIP gives you seasonal too. So get all three if you're not a subscriber at all and you get it for half price and you get it on the monthly. So you could string it out. It's not that big of a hit on uh, on the monthly budget, because I know how that goes, ladies and gentlemen. All right, follow me at Jeff underscoremans on Twitter. the Jeff mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Thank you for coming out. Keep spreading the word. I love the comments on Google Play Store and iTunes Store and Stitcher and Podbean and everywhere you guys are leaving your feedback. Please continue to do so because I, I appreciate that, and that means a lot. It makes the podcast look good. And that, uh, hey, there's people listening and we keep grinding it out. Uh, Thank you for listening. Once again, you may disagree with some or everything that you heard in this episode. And it's perfectly all right. Why? You know why. Because it was one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!